When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. Better walk right. Keep your hands in your pockets and your gun belt tight. You'll be asking for trouble if you're looking for a fight. If you ever go to Houston, boy, you better walk right. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. And uh, we're here to talk about the song, If You Ever Go to Houston, our first song from the 2009 album, Together Through Life. And here to discuss it with me, all the way from Norway, is my fellow Bobcat, Ola Berta. Hi, Ola. Hi, Rob. Hi. Very excited to have you here. Now, I want to give everybody a little bit of a background of how this, this sort of came together. Because uh, a couple of uh, months ago, I don't even remember when it was, but I got an email from you. And uh, you were introducing yourself and saying you were a fan of Bob, of course, and you listened to the show. And you sort of wondered why, to this point, we had never covered uh, anything from Together Through Life. Uh, and, of course, among the, the four Jack Frost albums that one is probably the least regarded of the four, I think, generally by Bob fans, I would say. And you wondered if if maybe there was something I had an issue with the, with the record or anything like that. And I wrote back to you and said, no, I uh, the way the show is, is generally constructed is I let the guests pick the song. And uh, for the most part, uh, people give me a general list and I pick from there. But for the most part, nobody's really ever asked for anything from this record. In fact, one guest had, but then at the last minute, they decided to do an older song. And so we went with that. So it was not an not an intentional slight on this record at all. Uh, I just just hadn't gone around to it. And so uh, you had sort of said, "Well, I hope you get to cover one of the songs." And uh, so I wrote to you and said, well, "What are you doing?" So <laughs> so so we're here to talk about this song because obviously you're a fan of this record. Uh, how did you become a fan of Bob in general? Normal story as a teenager, I guess, listening to music. Uh, it was not really. Bob only at the beginning. I mean, it was sort of a blur of uh, Rolling Stones, the band, Bob Dylan, Neil Young. And um, yeah, so that's how it started and, and, and was for a couple of years. I think I ha- I think I'm pretty sure that uh, that um, the Times Star Changing was my first album, the first one that I bought. OK. Uh, and I had that for a while. And this was around, say, 2005 or something, and then Modern Times came out. So I had been, I had been through, I had been through, you know, most of the 60s up until Desire, but not in the way that I owned an uh, an album and, and listened to him a lot. But it was he was there, and then Modern Times came out, and I bought that one, and that just blew my mind. Okay, that that was that was the same guy. <laughs> uh, that voice, that music, and then then it sort of just snowballed pretty quickly from there. Have you seen Bob live? I mean, he obviously doesn't come around to your neck of the woods often, but he has played there occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it took him just short of twenty years. Wow! Uh, wow! To appear the first time, he the first time he played in Norway was in I think nineteen eighty or eighty one. Oh wow! Okay. It, okay. It was it was uh, like. Uh, peak uh, Christian time, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I've seen him live. I've seen him uh, three times at this point. Oh, really? How were those shows? Well, 
Um, the first one was in 2009, but it was it was it was um, I think that was the first gig in his European tour tour, uh, tour, and that was just before Together Through Life came out. Um, so it was mostly doing old stuff, and I don't remember it that well. Okay. But he came back in 2013, uh, right after Tempest, and that was an amazing show. And I've heard from older guys who's been around for a while and, and seen most of his shows in Norway that that is his finest here. Okay. And uh, I was very happy with that one. That was that was brilliant. Did he do anything from the from Together Through Life on that that one? He did. He did. I don't remember the set list uh, now, but I know that he did. Uh, a few of them, but he did not do if you ever go to Houston. Okay, <laughs> unfortunately not. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really this is a really really fun song. Now, what is it about of the Jack Frost records of the four Modern Times and Together Through Life and Tempest and Love and yeah. Theft? Where do you place Together Through Life? Because again, you were you were talking about how much of a fan you were of the record, and just in loose general Dylan alias circles, it seems like this one is a little less regarded than than the others. Right. Uh, well, uh, it's, it's that way for me as well. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's of those four, it's it's uh, it, it ranks bottom. You still really uh, like? I still really enjoy it. I mean, it's 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 kind of like uh, the the worst pizza you've ever had. It's still generally going to be pretty good. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like it's down in the groove or anything. It's it's still <laughs> an amazing uh, album, I think. But but, but, but I, I'm very fond of the the, the Jack Frost uh, era. Oh, me too. Me too. I don't know whether we're going to get a return to that or whatever, but. Uh, but yeah, no, these four records, I think, are, are, are really all outstanding. And so, yeah, this song in particular, if you ever go to Houston, is probably my favorite uh, song on the record. I have a couple others that I really, really like. But this one, I just love, first of all, um, the most memorable part of it, obviously, is the accordion. Uh, right. by David Hidalgo. I mean, the whole song really hinges on that that uh, series of notes from David Hidalgo, and it gives it that kind of like sway back sort of feel to where uh, it feels like, uh, I mean, you're going to read the, the lyrics, and I said, I'll go on a little. It says, if you've, ever, if you've ever gone down there on Bagby and Lamar, you better watch out for the man with the shining star. Better know where you're going or stay where you are. If you're ever down there on Bagme and Lamar, I know these streets. I've been here before. I nearly got killed here during the Mexican war. Something always keeps me coming back for more. I know these streets. I've been here before. Between the Hidalgo playing the accordion and the way it just kind of sways back and forth and the lyrics, I'm interested in what your take on this song is. I always feel like this is just a rumination. It's just a memory that this guy is sharing because I don't, I don't really hear here there's to me there's not a lot of like a story here to, to, to sort of hang on it really is just kind of a series of impressions from someone who at some point was down in houston and of course bob as a as a performer has been i'm uh, certainly but i mean it, that's the vibe i got from it. it's just this kind of like a nice faint memory that the that the singer is having right right and and i mean this album if i'm right this album won a grammy for for best americana al- uh, album right I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and this is sort of the uh, uh, the most Americana song on there, I guess. Um, so I, 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 in terms of analyzing it, I sort of felt like, you know, you, have, you mentioned this quote from George Harrison a couple of times uh, on your podcast uh, when, when they were doing uh, the Traveling Wilbury stuff. And, uh, and uh, Dylan and I believe Tom Petty were doing these Americana songs and, and George Harrison couldn't really relate to it. 
Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were talking about writing Twitter in the Monkey Man, right. Harrison was just like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of feel that way with this song. Like, I, I, I'm not really sure what he's talking about and if it really has a story. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it, but, but as you said, you know, I'm not sure if it's, it might not be like the memory of a singer, but sort of a, a memory of uh, a lifelong relationship to a specific kind of music and 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 mm. tradition so it, it might not be anything particular about houston but uh a, a more of a general sort of americana feeling to it if you understand yeah i could see that i mean again it's it really by by the the, the very strong accordion sound and right. which really does give it a sound that it, it you really there's only a handful of dylan songs that have accordion on them it does have that kind of old-timey sort of feel to it and it's sort of funny that you mentioned that quote from harrison because there's another quote from george harrison that i think plays into the song is where he says that um he had said that uh, you know, he says boy you know everybody takes bob dylan so seriously when he's really uh, uh, really such a joker yeah. uh and the, the very next verse makes me think of that quote where he says if you ever if you ever go to dallas say hello to marianne Say I'm still pulling on the trigger, hanging on the best I can. If you see your sister Lucy, say I'm sorry I'm not there. Tell her other sister, Nancy, to pray the sinner's prayer. And I love the kind of absurdist, the way we keep adding sisters to this story of what's yeah, going yeah. on. There, When I first heard it, I laughed out loud when he got to the line about tell the other sister, Nancy. Although, of course, here on BobDillon.com, it says tell her other sister, Betsy. But I don't know. I hear Nancy when he, when he says right. that. But it makes me laugh that it's like... I get this vision of a guy who, of course, dated dated Marianne, uh, who he has now left. But he also kind of maybe messed around with the other sister, and then messed around with the third sister on top. <laughs> like it just made it. It just it gave this absurdist uh, twist to it of just like, oh yeah, well, yeah, remember the Marianne? She was nice. Oh yeah, her sister was nice. Oh, and so was the other sister. Like it just <laughs> made me laugh really hard. And in the and in the middle of this kind of song with a lot of some some grim stuff going on like that part just i don't know just cracks me up yeah no but and i think this this album in general is a is a fun album i mean it's um it's it's dark at times but it's it's nothing like uh modern times or or tempest Mm. in that sense it's it's more of a like a fun interlude he actually i think i think he laughs on three of the songs uh on that album Oh really? Does he? I know yeah, he yeah, yeah. on. Well, well, one of the one of them is is a sort of a devilish grin in the in the. Uh, it's all uh, good. Uh, I know he laughs during that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in uh, my wife's hometown, then he has this evil laugh at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. He does. <laughs> but I, I I remember like listening through the album just a a, a week ago. I, I didn't take note on which song this was, but on one of them he has this sort of a you know the the ballad of a of a thin man laugh. Oh that, yeah, that it's like a real laugh that he he stifles. Mm-hmm. He he does that on one of the songs, not oh. as clear as as in ballad of a thin man, but but still, it's there. Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. I don't, I, I don't think I noticed that. I love it. I love that little moment in Ballad of a Thin Man where he laughs. That's a that's a great like unguarded moment. Right. And I I tried to listen for it today, but but it was uh, I didn't have um uh it, it wasn't quite enough for me to to okay. really listen. Uh, now, one of, interestingly, I mean, we I quoted the uh, the opening verse uh, at the top of the show, and of course, the opening lines from this song is Bob directly stealing. Uh, If you ever go to Houston, better walk right. 
Uh, that is the opening lines from the song The Midnight Special. Right. And now that song uh, has a very, very strong connection to Bob and his recording history because it was Harry Belafonte's version of The Midnight Special that Bob played harmonica on, and it was the first professional recording he ever played on and uh there, there's you know the famous story that belafonte insisted on doing take after take after take of of that song and even the young 21 year old or 20 year old bob dylan was like this is so not the way i want to do this and he basically yeah. bailed out of the recording and didn't <laughs> appear on the other songs which is you know, again the, that kid had some chutzpah at yeah. uh, at 21 to be like ah this is not the way you know harry belafonte was already this legendary figure by that point and yet here's this kid who's like nah i don't want to do it that way but that's you know i mean that that's bob directly borrowing you know sticking his influences in his own material here yeah but 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 um I also uh, read that you know the, the Midnight Special. That's um, Led Belly did that song, right? Uh, and and there's another reference to another Led Belly song in this song. Um, so when he when he talks about Bagby and Lamar, mm-hmm. that's um, Led Belly does that in an old song called uh, Fanning Street. Oh, which, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which uh, well, there's a like there's a Fanning Street in in Houston, or it's a, it's a, it's an. I, I read online that some guy says that it's an analog to Led Belly's old song uh, "Fanning Street," uh, which could be a Houston street, but it could also be a street in a town called Shreveport. Shreve. Uh, oh, Shreveport, Shreveport. Street, okay, yeah. 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 But uh, in Tom Waits does a song called "Fanning Street," where he interpreted it as oh, wow. being in Houston. There's also like internet, you know. It's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what can I say? Uh, but uh, so, because he opens his song, Fanning Street, Tom Waits, that is, by saying there's a crooked street in Houston town and makes direct references to Lead Belly. Um, so if it's that, if it's that Fanning Street, <laughs> Fanning Street, the Houston one, then there's two Lead Belly references <laughs> in, this, uh, <laughs> in this song. That reminds me, actually. Now that we're now we're, God, we're really going off uh, off tangents, but uh, there was right. a there is a, a an alternate version. I think he did it live of the groom still waiting at the altar, where he stuck a line in saying, uh, "There's a line in there about if you see her on Fanning Street, tell her I still think she's neat." Or something right. like that. So he's working that in as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bagby and Lamar. I did look it up, and Bagby and Lamar are, for those of you who have never been to Houston, I've never been. Have you ever been there, Ola? No, I haven't. I haven't okay. been to Texas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've not, I have not as well. Uh, Bagby and Lamar are real streets in Houston, and they really do meet. Uh, you can be yeah. at Bagby and Lamar. He's not making that up. That's an actual... Uh, location you could be you could be at the corner of Bagby and Lamar. It's uh, I mean again it's it's you have to figure that we we've heard stories about that Bob when he tours is able to kind of wander the towns. He's able to kind of blend into the background a little bit, which is kind of remarkable when you think about how long he's been famous. But he does that. He kind of yeah. strolls around. So you have to figure at different points. You know, there have been people on Bagby and Lamar who don't recognize that there's this guy walking by and it just happens to be <laughs> Bob Dylan. Well, it's, it's the public uh, library, I think, down there. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Because somebody uh, somebody see? mentioned that. Yeah, I, I found an article and they mentioned that, and people were trying to figure out what that meant. But I mean, I could see Bob hanging out in the in a library in, in yeah. Houston. That makes a lot of sense. He looks like he, with all the lyrics that run around in his head. I could see that. But did, did you see that? Speaking of you know that that Harrison quote that you mentioned about taking him seriously, did you see that uh, uh, review in in uh, Houston Press? Oh, of the, of this song? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> they seem to be taking uh, it a little too literally. Well, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not completely sure that he believes it himself, like the reviewer, or if it's or if it's being sarcastic or ironic in a way. But it doesn't come through that he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind they're, of. They're, yeah, seems like he's taking it literally and yeah. and uh, complains about uh, uh, they will not give enough advice for uh, uh, how to carry a concealed gun. And so on. Right, because they they mentioned the line about keep your hands in your pockets and your gun belt tight, and yeah. you know the guy seems just like I I don't think you're meant to. And plus, with with so many of these Bob Dylan songs, you're never really sure what time period this is happening in. Yeah, it seems like it's the old west. It could be maybe middle of the century. It could be 2019. You just have no idea. That's always so vague in these songs. I mean, he. The song continues on. He says, I got a restless fever burning in my brain. Got to keep riding forward. Can't spoil the game. The same way I leave here will be the way that I came. Got a restless fever burning in my brain. And now we're now we're meeting another character here. Mr. Policeman, can you help me find my gal? Last time I saw her was at the Magnolia Hotel, which is, again, a real place. If you help me find her, you can be my pal. Mr. Policeman, can you help me find my gal? And then he ends it with, if you ever go to Austin, Fort Worth, or San Antonio, find the bar rooms I got lost in and send my memories home. Put my tears in a bottle. Screw the top on tight. If you ever go to Houston, you better walk right. And boy, I really love that final verse of find the bar rooms I got lost in. And send my memories home. That is such a beautiful image. I just thought that was, I don't know. I just, I, I, I know that, you know, Bob in recent times has been lifting a lot of lines. And obviously we just talk about this very song. He's lifting lines and his songs are a lot sort of simpler than they used to be, obviously compared to the stuff he did in the sixties where everything was this, you know, crazy kaleidoscope of imagery. Some right. this stuff is a lot more simple and a lot more direct, but I, that to me, it, can be just effective in its own way. I just find the bar rooms I got lost in and send my memories home. That's just so evocative of a, of a misspent youth or someone who has spent maybe a little too much time uh, drinking uh, in these bar rooms. I thought that's a really great series of lines. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I also do like the, uh, the penultimate verse with the Mr. Policeman. Can you help me find my gal? There's a kind of like child, childlike simplicity to that. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Policeman, like who goes up to a cop and says, Mr. Policeman, you might say officer, you might say, sir, but Mr. Policeman, that's the kind of way like a kid would talk to a, a yeah. cop. Can you help me find my gal? There's, again, the, find my gal just feels like it's something out of the 1890s, you know, it just yeah. has that feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he uses those kind of phrasings uh, yeah. and more and more with old age, I think. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, the line about the same way I the same way I leave here will be the way that I came. Now, this is something I found over on uh, the site Bob dot Dylan dot org dot uk dot org, which analyzes uh, Tony Atwood and some other people analyze these songs. And there's a, I found a little piece of trivia on that site about the line about the same way I leave here will be the way that I came, mm-hmm. and it mentions in the movie Cool Hand Luke, starring Paul Newman. Uh, there's a line in there about the same way I leave here will be the way that I came, which paraphrases something the captain 
says uh, when he summarizes Luke Luke's career, he says you're going to come out the same way you went in. And yeah. at the end of and at the end of that film, Cool Hand Luke is forced to dig and close a grave like pit over and over again to the point of exhaustion. And in the background, his dismayed fellow prisoners watch while the character known as Tramp plays the guitar and sings a song. Now, the character of Tramp is played by Harry Dean Stanton, who, of course, was a longtime friend of Bob's and appeared in a number of his videos, including uh, Ronaldo and Clara. And in that, in that moment, what song is Tramp playing? Midnight Special. So <laughs> I have to think that Bob was very recently uh, watching Cool Hand Luke, and maybe that was informing him when he wrote this song, or, or at the very least recording it. Huh. Yeah. Because I, I, I've, been, I've been thinking about that line, because I, I, I love the way he sings it. Uh, and I do that because it's, it's one of those things that it doesn't really mean anything, and it's not really that special to, uh, to leave the same way as you came. Mm-hmm. But he says it. He makes it sound... Very cool. <laughs> His singing on this is really extraordinary. I love the the, the way I, I've always I think I've said this in other episodes, like I can never figure out how anyone ever makes a song. Because to me, it's like, how do you know what, where to stretch, where to, because you're right. He sings that long. He says when he sings it, and I'm not going to try to, because I'm going to, it sounds horrible. But he, but when he gets to it, he says the same way I leave, he, he extends the leave here. Yeah. And that, that line will be the way that I came. And again, I like I'm not exactly sure what it means, but I also like the idea of, you know, again, it's it's conveying something of that wherever he is, it's not having an effect on who he is. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Uh, but nevertheless, where he is is not in this to this character. It's not affecting him in this moment, at least in this kind of verse. But, I, yeah, I mean, whoever, whoever wrote that bit about the Cool Hand Luke and he found it, that's just yeah. remarkable. I mean, I love that idea that Bob is watching his pal, Harry Dean Stanton, and then gets all <laughs> these ideas and pours it all into the song. And uh, I mentioned at the top of the show David Hidalgo. There's a quote from him about it, about recording this, where they apparently it the song wasn't intended to sound like this. That they started out doing it more as a guitar piece, and then they started just working on it, and it kind of morphed into this. And then all of a sudden, Bob was like, "Wait, no, that's it. That's the bit." And he told David, "You know, play that bit." And of course, that is what the whole song pivots on. And so, there's a lot of this. Again, even Bob at this late in his career is still kind of flying by the seat of his pants. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's going in, not exactly knowing what these songs are supposed to sound like. And he sort of discovers it in the studio while the clock is running as it were, which is a, yeah. that, that can be a really, really high wire act in terms of trying to make sure these songs and this record comes out the way you want it to. It's kind of amazing. But at the same time, it seems very on point for Bob who likes to sort of be there at the moment of creation and, and sort of play it where it lays as it were as opposed to having a really strict idea he just says alright let's just sort of bash it out and see what happens yeah yeah and, and, and isn't that, isn't that um, sort of how this entire album came about I mean it kind of started with one song for a movie wasn't it and then he just you know was inspired by it and, and decided to do an entire album I thought I did hear that, yeah, that he wrote that one, I think this, I'm not sure which song it was for, it was yeah. for a movie, and it ended up not getting used, and then he was like, well, you're going to go back to writing, and then going and doing all this, and it's, again, it, that's a remarkable thing, to kind of just grab, the, you know, the, the inspiration hits him, and then he takes off with it, and then again, to be able to be the band leader and corral these guys, and again, he obviously had a very specific 
sound for this one, which is different than the other records. I mean, this has that with the accordion. It has that sort yeah. of Tex-Mex feel to it. And I don't know if I would want to hear this in a bunch of other songs, but it works really here. Because, again, it just has that – I feel like the the – the way that uh, Hidalgo plays it, I feel like this song could be a lot longer than it is, yeah. and you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get tired of it because it just right. has that kind of sweet memory. And this is a relatively short song, but I mean, he this could have been one of those ones that goes on for seven minutes. And I feel like I could just enjoy listening to this because it's just I like hearing this guy ruminate about this this you know part of the country that he's been in. It's kind of just a really fun, sweet memory. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of uh, this is this is not a song that Bob has played live a lot. Uh, it has only been played thirty two times. Between 2009 and 2011. So that was it. Uh, obviously, uh, by the time 2000, 2012 came around, uh, he did Tempest and he kind of uh, really focused on that. He's still playing a lot of uh, songs off of Tempest. So this is not something that he obviously plays very much. Uh, unfortunately, I would like to hear this. Maybe because, I don't know, maybe they don't have an accordion player. I would think one of those guys must know how to play the accordion. Uh, but, uh, but, but maybe it's just something that uh, he just, it's obviously not something he feels like he needs to return to very much because 32 times is not very much when you're considering how many concerts the man plays. Yeah. And that's a, that's a darn shame. And you can find one version of it on, on YouTube. But yeah, this is, I think this still remains my favorite cut off of this record. Yeah, yeah. But I think you can find, I think I saw like at least four or five uh, and I don't think they ever featured an accordion. He put it behind him and, you know, good Lord knows. I mean, now he's touring again. Uh, he may dig it out at some point. You never know with him. But it's it seems like for now it's he's just put it off in the past, which is, again, it's too bad because I, I think it's a really fun song. Yeah, yeah. I saw he he started yesterday, didn't he? In in California. Uh, yeah. At the time of this recording, yes, he has started uh, touring uh, again, and he's back in the U.S. And I've got tickets to go. I am very very yeah. excited. I'm going to be able to be seeing him in Baltimore, so that'll be very very exciting. My 24th time seeing right. Bob, so it's going to be uh, really really exciting. I hope that uh, Bob comes around again to Norway sometime so you can get a chance to see him again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I will go. <laughs> I, I haven't really been too eager. I, I, I have skipped a couple of time, uh, times since uh, since I started, but I think I'm I'm getting ready to go back in there. <laughs> You're getting that restless fever burning in your brain, right. Ola. You gotta right. go. So <laughs> yeah, because well, la last time I saw him was during um, it was in 2016. So it was uh, sort of the uh, American Songbook uh, period. So that oh right right right, it, it, and it was a it was an intimate uh, place. It wasn't an arena. So I, I was about to ask you, do you feel, does he have like a relatively, it's hard for you to judge really, I guess, but like, is there a big contingent of Dylan fandom out there in Norway? I, I, I think so. He, he doesn't, he doesn't sell out as, as uh, quickly as uh, Bruce Springsteen, for instance. Well, sure. Um, and I, and I think that it, when he plays the, one of the, the largest ones in, in, in Oslo, at least, which is not that big. I think it's it's short of 10,000 or something, people. Mm -hmm. uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he actually sells out. Uh, I think you can at least order ticket pretty, tickets pretty late. Okay. Uh, whereas with Springsteen, you have to, you have to be online when, when they open. Right, right, right. right. Um, but 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 the ones uh, who are fans are like Dylan fans <laughs> everywhere. They're kind of like diehards, right? Okay. Yeah. 
so so there's a there's there's a big community of of uh, of uh, Dylan heads and, and and you know I, I mentioned this to you um, in our email exchange but uh, a common thing among Norwegian Dylan fans and I think a lot of non-English speaking Dylan fans is um, the translation or interpretation of lyrics into our own native language yeah you did tell me about that i thought this was kind of fascinating yeah so it's a it, it, it is a it's starting it's beginning to be sort of a, a long-standing tradition of of um, interpreting dylan lyrics in in norwegian i think the first album to come out with a, a full set of of dylan songs in norwegian came, it, i think it came out around 1980 um and it has been sort of a, an even stream since then, uh, with the most recent being uh, a guy who has been interpreting uh, called Tom Roger Odlan. He's been interpreting into um, new Norwegian, like Norway has two written languages. So he has interpreted into one of those. Uh, and he has done the complete Blood on the Tracks and the complete Blonde on Blonde. Wow, ambitious. Yeah, I think I think I think that's pretty ambitious. Uh, I haven't I haven't really listened to the blonde and blonde one, but but I I I, I think his um, his lyrics to to blood on the tracks uh, are are fabulous. So the the thing about you know interpreting lyrics is that you get a completely different sort of attachment to the songs and, and to and to the lyrics and and what many of them do and what is sort of been the tradition in Norway. I'm not sure. Uh, what it's like in, in, in other countries, but that they sort of ground um, the places in in Norway instead of in New York, for instance. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So, there's, so positively, there, there's positively Ford Street, for instance, has, has turned into like a, a, an Oslo Street. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Oh, that's that's really interesting. So you're sort of grounded here, um, and, and I think some characters will also be sort of uh, Norwegian fairy tale ca- characters or whatever. Like so, to to sort of yeah, grounded here instead of in in the Dylan universe or ex- to expand the Dylan universe rather. That's really fascinating. I mean, what a what a project that would have to be to try and convert the the language into. Yeah. I mean, just just the meaning, and then still trying to retain the meaning while also keeping up with the rhymes and the, right. the rhyme schemes. Good lord, you have to. I can't imagine the level of like sort of mental energy you have to expend to put all that together. That sounds fascinating. And is any of that stuff on YouTube? I'd love to hear some of that. I, I, I'm pretty sure it is on YouTube, uh, and you can find all of it on, on Spotify, and, and I'm sure on uh, related streaming services. Oh, that sounds fascinating! I really, I, really, I mean, the idea of hearing a Norwegian version of like "Idiot Wind" or something is just right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 and and, and the as you say, it's it, that there's a lot of concerns to to keep in mind, such as such as rhyme schemes and and um, meaning, uh, right, not to mention right. you know direct translation. So there's a lot of uh, weighing of different options. You know, what what do you want to be true to the meaning or or the rhyme scheme or the uh, the word for word translation. Yeah, uh, uh, very few go for the word for word translation, so that's why I call it um, interpreting instead of translation. And sometimes it will it will um, go too far off the rails for my taste. <laughs> okay, 
but 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 the best ones they they manage to keep you know the the meaning and the rhyme scheme going together. That's amazing. That's I I'm, as soon as we get off the call here, I'm gonna go check that out. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I can send you some uh, some uh, links. Oh, absolutely. That would be great. So yeah, that's really, really cool. Like I said, I, I'm, I am so thrilled when someone reaches out to me that I would normally never get to speak to. And especially when it's somebody from uh, another part of the planet that I have never been to. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled that my show travels that far and that, that I'm so glad that you reached out and that you stuck up for together through life. Cause right. it's, a, it's a good record. And I'm glad that uh, we finally got a chance to cover one of the songs on the show. And I'm glad uh, you were here to do it. So thank you so much for stopping by all. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, it said, thanks everyone for listening. Of course, if you wanted to subscribe to the show, you can go to uh, Apple podcasts or on Stitcher, or you can listen to the, any of the back episodes of the show or on our website, firewaterpodcast.com. We're always talking about, Bob over on Twitter, which is at pod underscore Dylan. And of course, if you want to support the Fire and Water Podcast Network and therefore support Pod Dylan, you can go to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash FW Podcast. And there for a, a one-time donation or an ongoing donation, you can unlock different rewards. And one of the rewards you can get is to be mentioned uh, on any of the Fire and Water Network shows of your choice. And so I have to thank uh, for their donations, Robert Ward and another um, Another uh, per- Patreon supporter who prefers to remain masked and anonymous, but you know who you are. Thank you so much. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Ola, again, great talking to you. Thank you so much for, for stopping by, and thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will see you later. Bye. If you ever go to Houston, better walk right. Keep your hands in your pockets And your gun belt tight You'll be asking for trouble If you're looking for a fight If you ever go to Houston Boy, you better walk right everybody uh, the show's not quite over uh even though uh we played the clip from if you ever go to houston and that's normally the end of the song there is something else that we wanted to mention and thank you ola for reminding me because just as we were about to sign off uh ola you you reminded me of one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about this song is of course uh this song was co-written with bob by robert hunter the late 
great Robert Hunter, who just passed away a couple of weeks ago at this recording. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to uh, get this episode out or kind of ahead of schedule is to sort of a little bit of a tribute to Robert Hunter. We haven't really to this point talked about him, Bob and, and, uh, and Bob, actually Bob and Bob uh, co-wrote a lot of songs together. They probably their most famous one is Silvio from uh, <laughs> down on the groove, which actually you just mentioned earlier, but I mean, yeah, I mean, this was somebody that Bob would occasionally, collaborate with obviously they were longtime friends robert hunter really famous for writing so many of the great grateful dead songs but uh but yeah this was this was something that i i mean obviously we don't know the connection to how much of this was robert hunter how much of it is bob we'll, we'll never know and of course you know i don't think i haven't read a whole lot of interviews with robert hunter where he talks about collaborating with bob and what the details are to that but it is something that we wanted to mention and so thank you ola for bringing it up just before we got up, because I did not want this. I would have been so mad at myself if this episode had gone out. And we didn't mention the fact that this is a collaboration between Bob and, and Robert Hunter. So thank you, Ola, for, 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 for remembering that. But, but you haven't you have mentioned the, 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 the quote from, from Dylan in, in Rolling Stones saying that, you know, he has a way with words and so do I. Yeah. Uh, and we could probably write 100 songs together if we, if we felt it was important enough or something like that it's it's interesting as to like what would inspire bob to reach out to to robert hunter occasionally it seems because right now i mean during all the jack frost records most of them are are solo credited to to bob dylan and then all of a sudden you've got a couple of these songs on together life are with robert hunter and so it must have again probably like we talked about it maybe it was just a very organic kind of conversation, you know, where it would be like all of a sudden he was just like, oh, you know, he ran into Robert Hunter and was like, hey, we could work on, I have some stuff you want to help me out. And maybe they sat down. I mean, again, I can only imagine what it's got to be like to sit there and, and trade lines back and forth uh, yeah. with, with Bob Dylan. That's got to be an incredible thing. And I said, obviously they had a mutual admiration society going on and Bob uh, we talked about another episodes Bob covered Grateful Dead songs before we did the episode uh, on Black Money River not that long ago so I mean Bob uh, obviously respected Robert Hunter deeply and and we know from other interviews that Bob really uh, enjoys other songwriters he can be sometimes very complimentary about other songwriters and again what a compliment that would be uh, to to get a to get a compliment from Bob Dylan about your your songwriting prowess and so yeah uh, this this episode we haven't really had a chance to talk about Robert Hunter a whole lot on this show just because his songs with Bob have not come up but this is this was one of them and it said it's unfortunate that he passed away relatively recently so again Ola thank you for reminding I can't I've only done this show a hundred ten times. <laughs> And sometimes I still don't really seem to know what I'm doing that I didn't write that down. But thank you once again for for mentioning it, because, again, this was important that we we talk about the contributions that Robert Hunter has made to Bob Dylan's work over the years. Yeah. So. All right, everybody, that's really going to do it. I swear that's the end of the show. So, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you later. Bye bye.